0: The Alabama Crops Report Podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture.
1: Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Alabama Crops Report Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Kessheimer, extension entomologist, And I am all by myself today. We have no other co hosts. It's just me. But fear not, we have a new and exciting guest. Um, New because he's never been on the podcast before. So, welcome to our extension plant pathologist and extension leader for the agronomic crops team, Dr. Ed Sikora. Ed, welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, thanks, Dr. K. Yeah. I haven't been called new in a long time. So, thank you for. uh referring to me as that.
1: Well, you're in the hot seat today, um, talking about uh, I can, what I assume is plant pathology, um, as a bug person. I don't go there unless I absolutely have to. But before we get into diseases, I want to ask you something we've been asking our guests the last couple episodes. Um, if you could tell our listeners a fun fact about yourself so they can get to know you.
0: Back in the 80s, I lived in a trailer park up in Bonville, Illinois. It was a small community, but I was known as the tallest man in Bonville for five years. <laughs> Even the that was mayor of Bonville. You were mayor of
1: Bonville, Illinois, in the '80s. There, there
0: is a rumor, but
1: that's a that's a fun fact and good claim to fame. So yeah. as the tallest man in Bonville. Did you have like, you know, extreme responsibilities? Did you have to get everything off the top shelf for people?
0: I have to clean off the uh, roofs of the trailer park. Okay, we lived in the mobile homes, and
1: and did you get like free rent for that or anything?
0: Tomatoes for my neighbors.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. I'd take tomatoes to get stuff off trailer park roofs.
0: Also, I was not bitten by the German Shepherd. I used to. Oh.
1: So the dog knew that you were the mayor and not to be messed with?
0: Yeah. I was pretty tall.
1: (laughs) Well, y'all can't tell because we're on a podcast here, but if you ever see Ed out in a soybean field somewhere, then you can see that he's the tallest person in a soybean field, probably.
0: I always stand out in a crowd and in a field.
1: Some may say you're outstanding in your field.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So, Ed, we're talking about soybeans today. Uh, what's your history with soybeans? How long have you worked with them?
0: Well, back when I was mayor of Bonneville back in the late 80s, I was a uh, working on my PhD. I was working on uh, soybean cyst nematode for my PhD program. So back late 80s, early 90s, working on race studies and race population dynamics. And that's how I got my start. I was hired at Auburn back in 92 to work with tree fruit and small fruit and vegetable crops, pecans. And then when Dr. Gasway, one of our predecessors, retired in 2000, I took over cotton and soybeans. They just added a couple small crops to my rotation.
1: Sure, yeah. Bill
0: came back out of retirement, but he left soybeans with me. And I've had it ever since for about 20 years now, I guess. But
1: Nice. Uh, and how was that switch from tree fruit and you know, specialty crops to major row crops like soybeans and cotton?
0: It was interesting because... Uh, uh, yeah, the, the working with tomatoes and peach growers is one thing, but working with row crop producers is, is just a it's just a different animal in a way.
1: Well, you can't eat your research as well. No.
0: I yeah. used to tell graduate students during my class that it's always work with a crop that you could take home and eat.
1: Yeah, that's why I started in sweet corn because you can't eat field corn. There
0: you go. I've seen you in a sweet corn patch a few yeah, times. it happens. Uh, cotton does not taste very good.
1: Nope. And uh, soybeans, no.
0: No. Yeah, no.
1: grain sorghum. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are here in the beginning of August. We've had what can be described as a weird year, but we say that every year. True. Um, but lots of rain, lots of heat, lots of humidity. I imagine that leads to diseases.
0: You would be correct. Yes. You'd be correct.
1: So my bug brain can understand something about diseases.
0: <laughs> I thought they would uh, start popping up earlier, but just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a number of foliar diseases show up uh, around the state. We have uh, soybean sentinel plus out uh, in, at different research stations to look for soybean rust, but I also use those to track other diseases that might pop up. So I've seen two or three just in the last uh, 10 days that I was expecting, and, and there they were.
1: So if I listened at all last year. It sounds like soybean rust was a major problem in Alabama in 2020. What, what are we seeing for this year?
0: Well, I expected soybean rust to come back like a lion because last year was the worst we ever had. And, and uh, due to some various reasons we could talk about, it hasn't. But uh, just recently, I picked up a frog eye leaf spot down in Escambia County, down in Bruton. And that could be a significant problem, foliar disease, fungal problem for soybean uh, growers. Uh, we've seen up to 40% yield loss on susceptible varieties. So that's one growers should be aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh, also target spot, another fungal disease that's uh, also known to go to cotton, started picking that up on soybeans. And there are some varieties that are quite susceptible. And in <laughs> fact, my Sendo plot is quite susceptible, I noticed. So nice. it's been uh, pretty spectacular down there.
1: I guess as a researcher, it's nice to see a lot of disease, but growers never want to see that.
0: I learned from Eddie McGriff. Have you ever, if you know Eddie? I do, yes. He doesn't like you saying a beautiful disease or a wonderful insect, so oh. I avoid saying those words around Eddie.
1: Well, yeah, I'll, I'll stop, but there are some wonderful insects, for the record. There are. So we mentioned weather. Um, is that the main reason we're seeing so many foliar diseases, or is there something else going on this year that's led itself to the increase in target spot or, or frog eye leaf spot, what you said?
0: Yeah, I would say it's mainly the weather. And if any of you have taken a general plant pathology course, they always show you that the first day, they'll show you the disease triangle. One corner will be the host, whatever it is. Other corner will be the, a pathogen. And the other corner is weather. And I may uh, have seen
1: that in my yeah. time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Amanda says it about every time she's on the show. But yes, yeah. yep. But most of our, our pathogens or diseases on soybeans are caused by fungi. Uh, 99% of your fungal diseases like it warm and wet. And, so just coming over today, I got saturated because I forgot that we're gonna have our four o'clock thunderstorm like oh, we do.
1: Yep, yeah, it was yeah. it was hot and humid earlier, and now that I dried off from being outside, <laughs> walking over in the rain myself too, yeah.
0: This is my second pair of shoes. Nice. But, uh, so it, w- with those conditions we've had, uh, most of the growing season, or, or during the, the uh, latter parts here, uh, these diseases are starting to take off, and they're just gonna keep going unless we run into a dry patch come a, you know later August or September.
1: Uh, yeah. At, at this point, I don't anticipate dry patches. It just feels like every day, like you said, that afternoon shower. Um, and in some places, just getting hammered with rain. Other places, just slightly hit with them. Yeah. So we mentioned foliar diseases. What about any other ones such as root or stem rots? Because I know those can certainly lead to to headaches and yield loss.
0: Well, I got a, a text from Tyler Sandlin up in North Alabama with a uh... Showed me some images, but he goes, Is this sudden death syndrome, which is one of the best disease names I was ever? Say, That's
1: amazing and also very ominous.
0: Sudden death syndrome or <gasps> SDS? Yes. Uh, which has its own problems. Yes. But uh, he had uh, showed me some pictures of plants that were interveinal browning, yellowing, necrosis, and those are symptoms of sudden death syndrome, which is a soil borne fungal disease. I like to call it, it's more of a Yankee disease. We see we used to see it up north, north central region. They just they fear I it. Take
1: offense to that as a Yankee myself.
0: That's all right. I'm from Chicago, so yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Um, but down here, when I when I first saw it back in the early '90s, I, I got all excited about it. and Contacted some of my older colleagues in neighboring states, and they said, "No, no, that's a that's a good sign." I go, "What are you talking about? It's it's sudden death syndrome." They go, "No, that just means there's a lot of moisture in the soil, which is good for the crop, which means they'll probably have." Yield busting uh, a crop this year, so.
1: So, is it isolated? Then, is the plants that have that syndrome? They are they're suddenly dead, as the name suggests. But the rest of the crop, it's not super widespread within a field.
0: That's correct. In Alabama, we we'll, we'll see it occasionally up in, usually in North Alabama, just in a few patches in a field. Uh, up in the North Central region of the U.S., you might see it across a whole field. So it is a major problem up there. Uh, but down here, we just see it occasionally, maybe every three or four years, with years like this where soil's saturated, it will kill those plants in that patch. But usually it's a, it's a good sign for the grower.
1: Okay, cool. Well, what what can growers do? So we're talking about the weather and, and it's ripe for disease and the disease triangle. So what do you suggest growers do in terms of disease control for any of these stem, root, or foliar diseases in soybeans?
0: I think for, uh, as far as the stem and root diseases, uh, there's not too much you can do. Just realize you have the problem. Avoid areas if you can. But uh, you're mainly going to be the for soybeans. And, uh, you're going to be targeting the foliar diseases such as frog eye, target spot. And, and if soybean rust starts to build up, um, that's another one. But typically, uh, a fungicide application at the R3, the R4 growth stage, uh, try and get, get that on before the disease shows up, before a tropical storm shows up. Um, and that will give you about three weeks protection. Use a good product. Uh, some of the products where you have a combination of, of uh, chemistries with good. I would say stay away from the straight strobiuluron type fungicides because we have detected a frog eye resistant uh, populations resistant to the strobularin So go with a mixtures of compounds. But if you spray about R three R four, that should get you through the season without and protect your yields, especially in a year when we have good. Uh, you know, high prices for most of these commodities. It's a good year to protect your crop.
1: Yeah, we've had um, one of our co-hosts, Adam, and we've had a few guests talking on about the the prices and and economics this year. And so it is a good year to maybe pull the trigger on some of those fungicides if you think you need it because it'll pay off at the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. Some years when it's hot and dry, I say oh, you might want to hold off and you know say that. 20 bucks per acre, you're spraying on fungicide because you don't need it, but this year I would say you need it and it's a good year to protect your yields and that's what you're trying to do.
1: So, we were talking primarily about soybean, but I know that you have statewide responsibilities for tree fruits, small fruits, vegetables, and corn in addition to soybeans, and so any other major disease flare-ups that growers need to know about in any of the other crops that you cover?
0: One I'd be concerned with, and I, I got some information from Eddie McGriff and uh, uh, Andy Page and Tyler, but there, we found southern corn rust up in Lawrence County, up in North Alabama, the uh, past week. I was a pioneer rep who found it. And I've been finding it in South Alabama, and most of the crop in South Alabama is kind of winding down. But I'm not sure where the crop is in North Alabama. And if that disease gets going in a, in a field... Uh, early enough, it could really rip up the, really dampen down the, the yield. So growers that are if in North Alabama, that might be a tasseling in early reproductive stages, scout your fields, see if Southern rust is, how widespread it is in that field. You might want to consider a, a mixed compound type fungicide to protect those yields as well.
1: And if I know you, Ed, I know that you'll put an article in our Alabama Crops Report newsletter which is probably going to have some great pictures of southern rust and corn, and maybe some recommendations for growers that they can refer to.
0: Yep, there's already, I wrote up an article over lunch. Just before to come see you, Dr. King. Right? Yeah. And uh, on, on the southern rust situation, and uh, if you go to that site, you could it, there's a link to uh, a fungicide efficacy table that I work with, with some of the Midwestern pathologists. Also, there's an article on soybean rust there, and uh, also on some of these other soybean diseases I mentioned. But uh, that's a great uh, that newsletter. I try and get my information out there, and that's one of the better ways for me to get information out to the extension agents and to the growers.
1: Yeah, and I'll just plug that newsletter. That is the Written online version of our podcast. (laughs) I'm getting information out. And so um, check out the newsletter at the Alabama Cross Report newsletter on the ACES website. And that comes out every other Tuesday with information like Ed just mentioned. And I promise we won't spam you. It's all just great information, updates, pest alerts, that sort of thing, events going on. All right, Ed, any other comments that you want to make or things you want to talk about that our growers should know about this year?
0: We're not concerned with soybean rust this year compared to last year, but I did pick it up in kudzu patches in South Alabama last week in four different counties, so it's, it's developing. It's building up a bit on kudzu, but it's still very low levels, and I don't think it'll be a, a major concern, but it's one I'll be keeping an eye on for the next month or so. Um, we saw some significant damages last year from soybean rust, worse than 20 years. This year, not so much, but it's always out there, and it's always lurking. Much like me, many times.
1: Yes. I and, mean, you uh, are tall and lurky, so that's a great way to describe <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> but that would be about it. Yeah. would be about it.
1: Well, good. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Ed. Um, And like I said, y'all can find all this information and more on the Alabama Crops Report newsletter. And if you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out to any of your local extension agents or specialists. And I'm sure Ed is happy to talk about diseases any day of the week. So give us a shout and we'll catch you next time on the Alabama Crops Report podcast.
0: The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.